Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Young Contentables podcast. Today I am interviewing uh, Dominic Blythe, who I've met recently, well, known for a, f- um, a sh- few months now, and um, I've done a few events with. And uh, So Dom, do you want to explain who you are? Oh, hello, Jake. Um, yes, my name is Dom Blythe and I um, predominantly do, uh, well, f- used to be First War as my main thing, but sort of going on to more the Cold War side of things now um do uh second world wars well i've been a member of several groups of course one of my main groups is of course uh the ox and bucks uh living history society with uh steve and pete uh, neil um and i of course will be doing uh, i'll be coming along to uh the living history uk festival of the Chilton open air museum which i'm helping to organize actually what wonderful um so as I explained at the beginning, I've I've known Don for a little while now, and I first met him when I did Chilton uh, earlier this year, which was a really great event, which was sort of like the practice practice event for our uh, 20, uh, 48 hour trench event we did in September. Mm. So that was a really really awesome event, and Don was a uh, um, leader of uh, one section during that event. I was originally in his section, and the last minute I got changed to <laughs> two section due to numbers, which was a bit of a Everything, but it's how it how it is from really. from casualty sustained from their yes, previous yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Uh, it was very good. I um, I actually volunteer as a costumed interpreter, as the uh, as the museum like to call it, um, at, at the Chilton Open Air Museum. So that's how I did manage to uh, sort of square away for the group. Uh, not only that event, but also managed to uh, get um, uh, some other bits of bobs for the groups and uh, and also uh, for the um, 
uh, Chilton, the Living History UK Festival as well, as I mentioned earlier. But yeah, the the training event for Chilton was 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 phenomenal. It, you know, yes, I did meet you for the first time, obviously, which was uh, which was an experience all into itself. Oh, indeed. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 admin bomb that you are. <coughs> well, I wasn't that bad at Chilton. Thank you very much. It was just the bed. Everything else was fine. <laughs> yes, if uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, he did. Uh, Jake here did forget the legs to his bed, which was, of course, very comical. Um, but to be, me, you know, credit where credit is due, you did lay the remainder of your bed out on on the concrete floor and lay on that. Yeah, that was a very, very comfortable concrete floor, I must say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good event. You know, not only you know have I, did I meet you, but it's also um, an opportunity to to start building those relationships um, within within the section and the platoon as a whole um, for creating a cohesive unit that um, that we obviously put into action at the event proper a few months later. Afterwards, it was it was good to start that um, start gelling as a. Exactly. As a unit, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It was a big sort of like because I'd never done Great Wall before, so it was a it was a sort of a kind of shock to the system really. But at the end of the day, it was it was brilliant. It got to know a bunch of the guys. We had a great sort of social evening, etc., on both <laughs> nights, which was hilarious. We d- um, we did indeed. Mm-hmm. We did indeed. <laughs> Very convivial evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm so gutted that I um, that I had to go home on on the Saturday evening. I wasn't wasn't feeling. I wasn't too well. Uh, but uh, it looked like you guys had um, a really, really good day on on the Sunday, and it yeah. was, was a, bit, a bit of a learning curve for me as well because a lot a lot of the guys um, I hadn't met before, or those um, as 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 you mentioned earlier, I was a corporal and um, commanding number one section, and it was sort of the first time you know meet um, meeting a load of you guys and also teaching. Um, the platoon as a whole going through motions or something especially great war light infantry drill which is has its own set of challenges um to it and you know going through that the motions with you guys um yeah it was it was a learning curve for me as well um as i said uh, yeah learning curve as, a, as an instructor and a leader of men so to speak yeah, definitely um yeah and i think meeting you etc because you your sort of in-depth knowledge of, say, especially um, Ox and Bucks in general, really, regarding the Great War as well, is quite, is quite good. So it's been nice to get exactly. that, sort of, like, that information um, <laughs> through you. So it's been really, really good. <coughs> mm. I'm, I'm glad that um, that I that someone actually um, pays attention when I go on my uh, my my rambles. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you've got to really, otherwise it's rude. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, well done. But tell us how you uh, got involved in uh, living history and uh... yeah, this uh, this ridiculous hobby that we call living history. Um, well, it all sort of started out really um, about about five six years ago. Um, sort of whatever Great War centenary it was, um, and my and my name was going through her dad's medals. Um, obviously, uh, my dad fought fought in the Great War and. Um, and uh, he was, there's this medal. There was a medal that we didn't really know what it was. So I also did some dig- digging about on Wikipedia and the internet. Turned out it was a, it was a Belgian quad gear, which of course, well, why is he getting given a, a Belgian medal? So I then do some research into that and it's like, holy crap. Okay. He was, 
he obviously, you know, did something to to warrant giving it, and it was just that interest in in the great grandfather during the Great War that um, sort of inspired me to then go, you know what, I want to, you know, I want to pay tribute to him, um, et cetera, et cetera, get the kit together. Uh, then I joined Tenth Essex and yeah, delved down, delved down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and I mean, from my understanding as well, it's uh, a lot of the guys that most guys in the hobby that do Great War living history, they normally come into it from the, uh, from the Second World War uh, side of things. But for me, it was, it's the opposite way around. It was uh, it, you dive, diving down the rabbit hole of, of the Great War first, and then going, oh, then afterwards going, oh, World War II looks kind of cool as well, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. I think definitely similar on my sort of end um, was the norm, really, going in from the Second World War. Because I, I met Steve, for example, through um, doing, well, getting ready for the Monty's Men trip, and then yes, yeah. so forth, and then going into the Great War through the uh, 48-hour trench events. So, yeah, definitely sort of the opposite end of you. <laughs> yeah it's um I, I, will, I will certainly say that the great war will always have um a sort of my my main interest um yeah so it certainly yeah certainly will always have my mate will be my main interest uh but of course well as i've already said i i i have uh dipped one's one's fingers into multiple different periods and now especially going on and doing doing cold war stuff as well exactly exactly uh you know, doing the post-war stuff that's you know different box of frogs all together yeah, definitely definitely because um say with like me it's uh very much a um diving down the rabbit hole of expensive hobbies really it's a it's it's, it's a very uh daunting one really and it's a it's a burden on the wallet i tell you that um, oh when you start you can't stop exactly exactly it's like a disease <laughs> but um so, yeah, so tell us a bit about your sort of, uh, I know one of your, well, one of your post-war groups is um, um, Asagai Rhodesia. Yes, yes, it is, yeah. So, um, so well, that's the main, well, that's the only po- post-war group at the moment. I'm <laughs> a member of what I, I, I co-run with a chap called Adam Kerr. And, uh, well, we've got also got characters such as Jordan Toovey, um, Jack Wood from the 284th, for those who do Russian stuff. Um Yes, so it's well, really sort of Asagai Rhodesia, as the name suggests, we sort of concentrate around the Rhodesian Bush War. And I know that people are going to start getting all a big, big flap with all the politics involved with it. Well, again, you don't, we leave politics at the door and it's sort of, it's sort of the idea of if people, you know, get funny at us with events, it's, well, you're getting funny of us doing something that's, you know, a bit what you deem to be politically sort of dodgy, but you're happy to have a rant at us, but you're not happy to go and rant at that great big, you know, um, totem cop SS group (laughs) over over there. But again, it's it's an interest in the, um, in the cutting edge. uh, It's sort of, Rhodesian Bush War was from 19, well, the fighting really started in 1969 all the way up to 1918. And it's, but we mostly concentrate around 1976, which is when the Bush War started, um, uh, sort of where it properly started a, a, a ramp up to 11. Uh, and it's just the, the doctrine involved. And as you said on a few podcasts ago about your, about your Malaya and Borneo kit, it's, we're not interested in the politics behind it. We appreciate the politics and we know, know what the politics is there, but we're interested in the kit, the blokes who wore it, how they did the job and the doctrine uh, behind it. And 
and and telling this as a story, um, especially you know in terms of anti-guerrilla warfare and what have you, and anti-insurgency warfare, exactly. uh, which is well, the, which the Rhodesian security forces did become, you know, they what well, the best at with you know like the five force doctrine and what have you. It's um, with their with both reactionary and precautionary uh, patrols and attacks and what have you. It's it's it. It certainly puts an awful lot of um, modern uh, anti-insurgency doctrine to shame, it, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, that's so Asagai. That's what we concentrate around. And then we recently started to look even slightly before the Bush War as well. We started mm. to look into uh, the Nyasaland emergency, 1959 to 1960. So this is before Rhodesia declared independence, and it was. Um, it, um, it was basically there was um, sort of the first uh, independence movement in what was called the Central African Federation or the Ro- uh, Federation of the Rhodesians and Nyasaland. Uh, so Nyasaland is now modern day Malawi. And it was a state of emergency that was declared in 1959. Um, and, okay. so, and again, again, is again, there's a huge amount of politics to it. I mean, we're not saying we're both both sides in again like in the bush war were were quite bad i mean and also hastings banda who then who was the main sort of target and the main agitator uh behind the um the the nyasaland emergency obviously when he was released from prison in 1960 uh, 1960 when malawi got their independence in 1964 he then went on to become the dictator of malawi for 20 years and stole 230 million dollars uh, from the country uh, but at the time of course he was the the liberator of malawi um uh, of nice land and of course this was obviously repeated by mugabe in zimbabwe in rhodesia zimbabwe but again that's the politics don't that's the politics we appreciate it but it's it's an interest in the kit because in the late 50s of course it's that huge watershed moment yeah um because rhodesia was still you know it was a commonwealth nation it was it was as much of a com- commonwealth country as what um um canada and australia were um mm. and south africa at the time so it's still you know still a commonwealth country and just how just it's interesting seeing you know how the armies of of, of, of Africa really sort of were were, uh, were sort of coming along in, in the in the shadow of Britain and what have you. So that's um, yeah, that's how a, a, a very long winded response I know. But yeah, it's um, that's yeah. sort of our our our, for, our next foray is uh, mm. yeah diving into the nineteen fifties. No, de- definitely, definitely. No, it, it's it, it's fascinating, and as you say, like the whole politics thing is best it sort of stays to the side or out of it completely. Really, end of the day, oh, end of the day, sorry. end of the day, we're like with anything really. It's perhaps portraying the average man or woman um, and their kit and et cetera, and what, what they did, et cetera. It's not, nothing about the politics or anything like that. It's like, yes, exactly. it, that can be discussed, but that's not why we do it, I think. So. Oh, exactly. I mean, we've, we've had, um, we've had vet, uh, Bush War veterans come up to us at events, you know, um, who fought during the Rhodesian Bush War. Um, um, yes, we have, we have the green and white flag, flying um, on the side um, on, on the display and whatever you've got all the kit um, not once did any of them talk about politics it's mm. it was it was a literally came up to us like oh the old um oh the r1 yeah 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 i remember firing this oh i can't remember what this was what's the crack with this um mm. and you know as it transpired you know talk to them it's like you then i mean we had one we had one bloke um who was in the rli and for for four 
4th Battalion Rhodesia Regiment. Um, he came up to us, he spoke, spoke, he asked me a question about the mortar, to which mm. I answered, he went, oh, I never knew that. I can't remember. I, I, can't, I can't remember uh, us being taught that, but uh, well, fair enough. Also, nice blue eye stove. Here's how we used to make them into um, booby trap, booby trap uh, gas stoves and st- stuff like that. And and the only people who will come and talk about politics to us, um, well, the few times that we have had it, are people who you already have very little clue about the subject, um, and people who are clearly, you know, not from there. It's again, people the. Even the whites and Barbarians who were born after the Bush War, uh, born in the 80s and 90s, whatever. You know, people our age, mm. who are from, who've, we've had a couple of them come up and say, oh, you guys are, you guys are doing the, doing the Civil War, doing, doing the Rhodesian Civil War. That's what they call it out there. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, yeah, we are. And again, it's like, even they don't care about the politics. It's like, oh, yeah, my, my, dad fought, my dad fought in that. I was called to see what he like the kit he had or what have you, stuff like that. Again, exactly. the, the, the only people who want to talk about politics are the people who, yeah, as I say, who are, who, who have had no sort of connection with it and what have you. But if 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 they if people got start getting shirty with it, well, it's, well, they're the ones who made the, uh, the active choice to come up and talk to us about it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not going out of our way to annoy people. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it's it's a, a sort of similar in, encounters really with them um, regards to Northern Ireland. Mm, um, mm. Like, um, I, I've got, I've got a few friends who served with the not with the IRA, but obviously, but with um, uh, the IDF, the Irish Defence Force, and that who who aren't too bothered by any of that, and obviously again like ex squaddies as well, who quite appreciate the whole thing as well. And yeah, you yeah, want yeah. To talk about like kit and all that, and. And little patrols and everything they want went on. Nothing really about mm. politics. Sometimes it oh, crops yeah. up, sometimes, mm. but it's very, very rare. It's normally just about the kit and, and what they did when they're out there. Of um, course, because the soldiers don't care about politics. <clears throat> oh, exactly, exactly. They're, in the end of the day, they were out there to do a job. A lot of them didn't like it as like the job itself because the crap mm. they had to deal with on a day to day basis. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's just really it. and yeah, and the people who generally have a problem with it are people who never, never were there who have very very little to do with it at all who know very little about it at all as well yeah um so yeah and you sort of have like a very um warped view of the whole situation from what they've heard yeah. through people and people and people and probably a newspaper oh yeah thing. oh so, yeah. yeah one may argue propaganda <clears throat> exactly exactly it's sort yeah. of the like, again like the, the bush war veterans who we've spoken to it's you know, it's the only time it's politics been prompted in the conversations because they've, you know, well, we had one bloke who actually said, people claim that I was, you know, people say that I was fighting for a white supremacist state. I thought I didn't, I wasn't fight to, you know, defend a so-called, you know, a racist, a racial social, um, status quo. Well, we saw what happened. We saw what happened with Idi Amin and you know mm. and all these other african dictators and seeing how all these other countries are going down the pan mm. you know uh, with communism or what have you and you know they just didn't want that to happen exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so you know again that's 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 the reason why they went and fought it wasn't as i say to, to do anything to do with oh you know white supremacist state that's no it's the why the blokes on the ground with rifles in hand went and fought their their motives are going to be completely different 
exactly to exactly. well can be completely different as well to um to uh to the official government one anyway so well, we're talking too much politics here, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly so just to our listeners we're gonna come back and chat more with dom in a second but now we're gonna have a quick message from our sponsor see you in a bit here at the young contemptibles podcast we are very honored and proud to be sponsored by quartermaster stores a uk business specializing in bespoke leatherwork footwear and historical clothing for living historians whether you are an old hand or a complete beginner in the world of living history there really is something for everyone and what's even better is that listeners of this podcast are entitled to a five percent discount simply use the code qmcast5 that's qmcast5 at checkout when shopping on quartermaster-stores.com Okay, welcome back. Thank you to our sponsor, and we're going to join more with Dom now. Uh, Speaking of, like, talking about experiences and what have you, and, like, the political divide and what have you, there's there's a group that we're sort of assisted with called um, Vanessa Ramos. Okay. um, And they portray um, Frelimo, which was the Angolan army during the, the South African border war. Yeah. Uh, and all of that, and they they're also going to start. They they've also got the kit to come and do um, um, to do Zanla. Hardly oh, cool. Zanla or or Frelimo, which was the Mozambique, um, the post revolutionary uh, Mozambican army in the in the seventies onwards. Oh, um, okay. And so they're going to start doing bush war events with us. Um, That'd be cool. Which... <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so uh, at Capel at War, there was this. Um, so behind us, you had Five Force Rhodesia. Then next to them, you had our sister group, Vencia Ramos, um, again uh, portraying um, uh, Fakpla, the, Ang- the Angolan army. And uh, as part of, we well, parked up with um, with Fire Force was a, a really nice, really nicely restored South African Land Rover, um, South African Army Land Rover. And of course, the bloke with it was—he um, served in—he um, was a South African tanky uh, during during the border war, in the in the early eight, um, mid eighties. Sorry, when he did his national service, um, and afterwards he uh, he he went up to Venezuelamos and actually um, he took a photo of them and their display. And he went and he said, "You know what? I never thought I'd see the day of me taking a photograph like this because, of course, it was it was those guys who he was fighting. He was exactly." He, he was fight, he was fighting these guys <laughs> and not once politics dis, was uh, discussed it was he was talking about his experiences with them with 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 Fakla, um about what uh, he saw them do uh, and um, what they were like from his perspective and what have you and then he was like I've got some questions for you and and they sort of bounced off each other um, which I thought was really really interesting. Um, and at the same event, I met a, I think he was, he used to be in the South African Marines or something. And he, in the late seventies, did a stint in, in Rhodesia because, well, officially, but unofficially, basically that, because that's from that part of the seventies. Um, he sort of did a stint and he was like, well, you know, I, I was only there for a brief bit to do a little bit of training, but 
I've got some questions for you. And again, it's yeah. no, no, no politics is good. It was just, you know, especially with the, the South African guy and Venice Ramos, it was, you know, it was a military man talking military stuff yeah. <laughs> about, you know, the questions he had about his time, you know, fighting the guys who were wearing the uniform they were. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's that, that's what sort of makes the whole thing worthwhile, really. It really Absolutely. is um, just getting those little little stories and etc. And, and seeing what sort of the public reaction is, especially with guys who who've actually been through it. So um, yeah, definitely, it's it's similar to like as I said, like with Northern Ireland that sort of thing as well. Like talking to my dad, etc. And and other guys who I've spoken to at events. Yeah, it's and you get the little anecdotes, and that's as I said, that's what makes it worthwhile, really. Exactly, because when you you listen to those anecdotes, and then it's that it's those anecdotes that enable you to to talk better with the public when you're engaging when you're engaging with them you can sort of you can you can actually instead of just being a bloke in in an old uniform with some webbing on with a gun you're yeah. you're you now have you now have stories behind it exactly it's that human element really ex- yeah. ex- exactly you can you can read up all you want in the sense of oh this is the uh this is the first issue, uh, fifty-eight uh, pattern webbing yoke. Exactly, uh, exactly. You can, you can, you can read as much bloody khaki web as you want, or stuff like that. But actually, and books, uh, and official uh, histories, and books, and as I say, uh, memoirs. But until you actually speak to, you know, like as you said earlier, just just a guy, a bloke who was who was there, just yeah. Bottom, bottom, bottom rung of the ladder, bloke. It's that human element. It was he's he's telling you what happened through his eyes, and it's those and it's those stories that you know make make the hobby worthwhile. Make you make you want to do it more. And passing on these these stories and anecdotes. Exactly, exactly. So um, so Dom, tell us a bit about like uh when you sort of dabble in Model Two and that as well. I think because you doing like if you've done like RAF and things along that lines and. Uh, Soon to be looking into other things in the future, don't we? Yes, yes, we do. So, in terms of it's a lot of it is still sort of in the workings, what have you, but it's uh, mostly sort of uh, seventh ox and bucks uh, in Italy, um, sort of from so and so uh, Salerno onwards, so sort of Salerno until Anzio really uh, that sort of that period and also uh, north africa uh, again says seven thoughts and bucks so um so um sort of, uh, so not, again 1943 to early 1944 um which i do again with, with the oxford bucks um the rf regiment from 1942 onwards really i uh, um me and me and taff wheeler from tail and charlie so um i me and taff run the well run the we call field squadron the RF regiment section of um Tan and Charlie's. Um, we've done some events since uh, gone very well. Um again sort of patro- again it's sort of everyone has again dispelling myths and what have you everyone wants to talk about you know two squadron more mortar mortar flight um and uh, and asking questions, are they even relevant? Blah blah blah. Well, you think about when they're formed. They were formed for a reason. In 1942, they were formed for a reason for airfield defence. Um, everyone, you know, wants to clap with the back of their hands and go, "Oh, uh, naffy 
naffy bloody rifles, all that sort of stuff. Well, no, if you actually want to learn some, learn something about the Ari Fridgment, well, shut up and sort of listen because, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure there weren't any naffies that needed guarding during the Battle of Monte Cassino. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and on the beaches of Normandy. Exactly, exactly. Ex- again, so in that sense, so that's doing that. Uh, what else? Also, the um, a, a recent um, Home Guard themed, um, well, the auxiliaries to be precise, with uh, some people. Uh, that's a project currently in the workings. Um, I'm also something, you know, completely, completely different. I'm actually starting Soviet. Soviet stuff yeah it's um which is I saw the the 284th at Detling and I went you know this is sort of this is some of the living history I want to get into uh that's I saw yeah saw them at Detling and just sort of sort of say see the sort of stuff they do and to me that's my idea of living history and again there's a lot of myths behind the Red Army in the great in, in, in the great patriotic war as it was as it was known as World War Two. um and so there's a lot of stuff and it's something that's I've always had a bit of an interest in. Um, and yeah, so the, the kit is slowly but surely <laughs> assembling around that. Oh, wicked. Oh, wicked. I didn't yeah. know you did so yet. Yes, that's um, a rather new development. So I think you touched on a little bit earlier, obviously, where um, me and you were both going to be uh, one of the main people who were organising well, talking or possibly organising at uh, Living History Festival. Next year. Yes, 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 yes. I'm really looking forward to that. It's got so, saw the uh, the sort of the uh, love child of uh, Steve Davis of Living History UK, mm-hmm. and um, that's all coming together. And I should be doing a talk or two down there, which would be great. Um, and yeah, we're going to be on the sort of the main organising team for it. So, yeah, I've got my hoodie. I've got yes, my. Uh, I've got my committee soon. hoodie. I've, I've even got I've even got a clipboard if you want to borrow oh, that. We wonderful, can... wonderful. <laughs> Some high high vis jackets. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really it's looking at the um, well. Uh, for those who don't know, it's, I'm sort of um, I'm part of the organisation team, sort of sorting out who's going where really and how everyone's sort of fitting in around the site. So I know uh, the lay of the land of the um, of the museum, uh, and so and just and looking at the groups that we've got coming. It, you've got some, you've got some really, really solid groups uh, who, uh, yeah, really good, top of their game. Uh, that Jake Brown guy is also coming as well. But apparently, he's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be good. And of course, uh, Asagai. Well, I think, I think we were the first. Steve was the, uh, announced Asagai as the first group group to be attending. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, going to be really, uh, really, 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 really good. Really absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant so um yeah so so i really really hope you enjoyed everyone who's listening and real big thank you to dom for sitting down and having a talk with me it's uh well, thank you thank you thank you jake for having us on no no absolutely absolutely it's, obviously it's only been a short one but uh no we'll hopefully have you on uh again sometime in the future to uh, go over a, a different topic and um, we mean with me and steve um possibly about maybe rhodesia rhodesian bush war itself or um, something along the lines of the Great War. So, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely awesome. So thank you guys for listening. This has been the Young Contentals podcast um, with my guest, Dom Blythe. Thank you very much and goodbye. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 